So basically, there's no suburban R&B out there. Is is that is like Bruno Mars suburban R&B? Yeah, I think so. See, something like that. I'm trying to think. So there's no simp R&B. Mayor Hawthorne. Brian McKnight, that's suburban R&B, right? Yeah, see? I guess you could say boys to men, too, because they were candy boys, happy. Boys to men. I guess, because, you know, you can't compare them to Jodeci, because Jodeci yeah, is. See, that was, that was the streets at the time. Even 112 was keeping it good at Jagged Edge. <laughs> Jagged Edge? Happy boys. What about uh, Cisco and Drew Hill? See, that's the hood. You know that. Cisco's the hood? Come on, man. Basically, we're just talking about um, R&B singers. And um, how did I start this again? We were, he basically started because Jamal was upset about, you know, how come the Neptunes and Timberland are so spaced out? And I said, I believe it's because they're from the suburbs. They're from Virginia Beach. So that gives was, them the freedom to be more spaced out. I was singing Sexy Back uh, by Justin Timberlake. and. Right. And basically, I was just wondering, like, how come they, him and Pharrell like to use those type of sounds? And that's when he said, because they're suburban. And then I mentioned, like, Avant and, and Tank. And he said, that's hood R&B. Yeah, it's the streets. Keeping it good. Damn, so even R&B is ruled by the streets. Of course. That's why they're more gangster, historically. You know, James Brown, you read up on those brothers, Rick James. Come on, man. Jeremiah and um, that's, that's hood R&B? Oh, yeah, you know that. Look at how he spells his name. <laughs> Take you to bed that he wrote for Jay Holiday is not a hood Jay song. Holiday, Jay Holiday was in a Griselda movie. He's in the streets, man. He's in a Griselda movie? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, The Dream, that's that's hood R&B, too? Come on, man. You know that. This is crazy. Man, you never figured that out? And we, I'll obviously trace it. What about Chris Brown? Hey, you he, get, he gets suburban with it. He's from Tappahannock. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, then what, what happened? He moved to LA as a youngster and he's Big B. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Big, Big, Big B Fruit Town, right? Hey, man, allegedly, I don't know nothing, officer. Big convos, we back. What it do, what it do. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, not much, but let's get right into it. The NBA Finals starts in a little bit. We don't want to be held up. Because we want to be fully focused on the game. Jamal set it off. You got an interesting topic about, you know, the most important song for a city. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, I was uh, making a little mashup. I was uh, playing with the still tipping beat because that beat is fire. Um, it's just a hypnotizing, amazing beat. And then I just thought about it and I was like, yo, still tipping has is definitely has to be like one of the most important songs in Houston rap, like especially, um, you know, you got people like Scarface, you got Mind Playing Tricks on Me, you got 25 Lighters, you got Game Over, Lil Flip. There's a lot of great songs from Houston, obviously. And um, but I just feel like that song stands out and it kind of brought Houston back. So it just made me wonder and think, like, what are some of the other cities that have like some like some of their most important songs. And I thought of people like Chief Keef were like, don't like, I feel like as much Chicago. Important. You might be right. Yeah, it's not most important, but. No, I thought that's what it was. I mean, <clears throat> be realistic. You're not going to put nothing from certain generations. You're going to focus on like, all right, 
Common, I used to love her. That was a big deal in the 90s. Does it translate the same way today? No, but Don't mm. Like does, because that was the beginning of a revolution that is still occurring today with drill music. Yeah, but I would have to put like Through the Wire up there too, or like, do you want to ride in the backseat of a caddy? Nah, nah, come on, man. Do you want to ride in the backseat of a caddy is a very I'm important this masterpiece, but it's it's specific. That's what I'm saying. That's more like one song that we know Twist and do, do or Die, a great group. But it's like, all right, that's one example. That West Side player rap, that's not the same. I don't think that really represents the city, like how drill music at that time represented Chicago. Through the Wires, one man's song represent his story. It's not really indicative of the whole area. That's why, like you said, like for Houston, mind playing tricks on me is a song that made people pay attention to the ghetto boys and other rap from different regions, but still tipping is the biggest Houston rap song. Damn. So Damn. that's why I think it don't like is the biggest Chicago rap song. Even Kanye wanted to get on the remix. He needed it. That shows you how powerful it was. But I also say through the wire because it brought out Kanye and then that gave us like overnight celebrity and yeah. we got to we got to get B the common album and yes. you know what I'm saying yeah you're I, talking about adult contemporary rap we talking about what was moving the youth still tipping was a song that everybody oh when you hear that beat it cracks but Dude, I feel it ain't the same man but I feel like when Kanye came out the people who were in high school and college I just feel like the wave that he created, the spotlight that he put on that city, it's also not just about but like- Is the wave bigger out, it's, was the wave bigger outside his city or in the city? It's probably bigger outside the city. True. Okay, so what if we were to take it to New Orleans? Would you say- It's home. Huh? Or back that yeah. ass up or make him say, uh? It's home. That, that started everything. Because mm. you got to look at it. What changed, because when you say the most important, I'm looking at what changed the perception of how it's viewed, like make them say uh, and all those stuff. Those were cool party songs, elaborate videos, but that high video and the way Juvenile was kicking his flow, even mm -hmm. the way he wrote the song, like everybody still tries to do it a little bit. Like he saw stuff, he changed the way people viewed, like, hold on, you can write a song like that? Like even New York had to make a version like, whoa, Nitro, whoa. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying like that shows you like, all right, even New York had to make their own version. That shows you it has to be high. Yeah, because even Trick Daddy made Nan Nigga. That was his version. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Everybody needed to get that flavor. Juvenile really taught a lot of people how to swag out. And then I would say, well, I would, I feel like L.A. doesn't have to be nothing but a g thing or like stay out of compton or something i think it has to be nothing but a g thing that's what made them have fun because because mm. you think about it nwa wasn't having fun like that yeah they weren't they weren't partying the law managed to uh was the joint compton's most wanted yeah compton's most wanted even like dj quick tonight's a jiggy track but you know it didn't get as big as other songs did but yeah nothing but a g thing hell yeah the video's iconic the imagery that you know the lead song of the chronic and it's that it's like <laughs> it's the perfect song that's the first song on the chronic it's the first single right yeah 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 so um and then smaller cities i would say obviously the easier ones are like 
St. Louis. It would have to be uh, going like down, down, baby. Yeah, country grammar. The, and the then um, metal track. But uh, right there is a big one too. But that was it. Who invented dirty? <laughs> I don't know who invented dirty. You got to ask uh, Chingy or Nelly. They almost, I think they almost shot each other over that. Oh man, allegedly. Come on. Man. I made up the word dirty. No, I did. No, I did. Right there. Right there. Dang. All right. So we figured out LA, Houston, Chicago, New Orleans. What about Miami? What would you say is the most important Miami rap song? It's crazy. Earlier, I was thinking Trick Daddy. I was thinking like man nigga, but then I almost almost want to bring it to like I almost want to bring it to Doodoo Brown. Then I almost kind of want to make it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, man, that set off uh, Miami base. It helped Atlanta find their sound. Booty shaking shit. But I almost want to bring, and this probably don't make sense, but I almost want to bring it to hustling a little bit. But I know it's probably. uh, Yeah, it probably is hustling. But that's another thing. I feel like you're being your era biased. Hey, besides G thing, besides G thing and that our era produced a lot of smashes that change the view of a city because you have to look at it like what was Miami known as? Like you said, bass music, booty shaking music, me so horny, but no one really respected them as a rap city. Like oh no rap, as you call it. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it was. Porno (laughs) rap. No one was going to that and saying, yo, spit. I'm about to go. Like, think about it. When you were younger, when you in high school or college and you making a move with your homies, are you bumping to a live crew? No. Maybe you did in 88 when going to look for girls, but I'm saying, like, you're not riding to that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Hustling, you ride to that. You live to that. Like, the um, the um, the bit Cat Williams did about the hustling song in one of his stand-ups is iconic because, yeah, that song transcended Miami and it brought a different view to show like yo these people can really rap like I just thought initially about hustling and then DJ Khaled we taking over I thought about holla at me baby and I'm so hood but I get what you're saying same shit yeah so yeah it's hustling bro unless Mm. you're gonna say what a triple x song nah (laughs) codex from Broward County so we can't use him Hustling is a big anthem. It's a it's a massive. And um, I would say, what would you say? I feel like Atlanta's is hard. I feel like it has to be like a little John or Outcast song, or maybe even Welcome to Atlanta. Yeah, hey, Welcome to Atlanta. It's a good song, but nah, I kind of <laughs> feel like it has to be like <laughs> I know it's uh, Pastor see, Troy. Nah, salute to Pastor Troy. No, and you about to say Gucci or Walker? Uh, nah, yeah, yeah, I was about to say I. I was kind of thinking so icy just to hear the Zay Tiggy beat Gucci, but that wasn't final form Gucci. That is peak Jeezy, though. But that Not is kind of it is peak Jeezy. Too. Right before peak Jeezy. Now that's peak Jeezy. That's why they wanted him for TM101. He killed it. Yeah, he did. That's it's the first time I ever go ahead. I was late on Jeezy. That was my first introduction to Jeezy was so icy. Uh, true. The first time I heard Jeezy was um the Round Here video, the joint with Bum B. We getting money over here. What it do, shorty? It was on his first Gangster Grill, Streets is Watching. But, I mean, I feel like it kind of, maybe it's a uh, trap or die, man. They're still trapping. I just feel like it's hard for Atlanta because 
you had Lil John and you had Damn by Young Bloods. That was a big fucking song, which is Lil John again. It's not the most important though. I know, but it's I'm just saying it's big. And then like I just feel like it wasn't one song that for, for really it was like 24s. It was like it was like a line of songs that built up to like yeah, yeah. by Lil John. But yeah, that's my point though. Yeah, it's a, not the most important song. It's the most successful song. Yeah, it's not the most important. The most important song might be Jeezy Trap or Die. <laughs> that became the anthem. Like you you say it all the time that um, you know, even though T.I. might have coined the phrase trap music, he didn't necessarily make trap music. And I could understand that. But when Jeezy said trap or die, it was undeniable. That's why Pimp C was getting mad. He was like, these boys are having too much fun trapping. 17-5 and whoa. And his brother's on the track. Oh, yeah, Bun B. That's what I'm saying. Because Jeezy was like, hey, UGK for real is like the first trap rappers. They just didn't call it trap music because they from Port Arthur. They have different lingo. They talking about Trill. But we say we trap. They are the first trappers. You can look at a UGK in the late 80s. They got songs called cocaine in the back of the ride the biggest song that that broke them out was pocket full of stones so they were trapping that's why jeezy said i need bun b on 100 i need to figure out who made it still tipping b2 by the way i'm about to figure that out right now is it not mr lee i'm not sure that beat is crazy but um that's crazy so oh it's safe salil williams so Travis doesn't have a song that's more important than this. No, because he doesn't rep. He's an internet nigga. He doesn't really represent where he's from. You don't represent swanging and vogues and uh, no. But there's nothing wrong with it. That's a different generation. Like, yeah, it's cool to you know have that history to pull from. But Travis is doing something new. He's a product of the internet. Look at his name, Travis Scott, inspired by his uncle, Travis, and then. His favorite artist growing up, Kid Cudi, Scott. And then mm-hmm. look, La Flame. It's like he got that from Waka Flocka Flame. He took a future ad lib. He's like an internet nigga. He just, so he doesn't really have a signature sound that you would say, oh, it belongs to this area. But yeah, he put on trying to do Astro World. Unfortunately, you know, some people died at the festival. That's sad. No one wants to see that happen. But like, yeah, like Travis, his biggest song is what a uh, sicko mode like that don't represent Houston, even though, you know, Drake is an adopted son of Houston, you know. All right. What about Philly? Even though what we do is wrong. Flip side. Rock the mic. Parents don't understand. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, nah, it, probably, it probably is something like rock the mic or flip side. The flip side was this big is. cut for me, mommy. Oh, yeah. but I feel like it's what we do is wrong. But Jay Z, well, yeah, Jay Z is an adopted son of Philadelphia too. He took Philadelphia, kind and of. people don't really go crazy over his verse. They go crazy over free uh, freeways verse. I mean, Jigaman goes in, but that's the thing. Freeway, the emotion that he's rapping with, you can't deny it. That's why it hits you harder. And the same with Beans, like just the emotion with how they rap. Jay-Z is never going to hit you with his emotions just because of his flow. He raps. Some people feel like he has a conversational style. So he's not going to hit you with the emotion. Like he can't hit you like 
how Freeway can or Pop could or Scarface. You know, there's certain rappers, even Boosie, he could hit you with his voice to make you feel something. It's like blues almost. All right, I'm going to just ask for like four more cities real quick. Yeah, go ahead. This is fun. All right, Memphis. Uh, Tear the club up 97? I don't know. I, I say sipping on some scissor, stay fly. That's the most important. Um, I feel like because hmm. Tear the Club Up 97, I feel like is the most important because that like unofficially created crunk music. True. That's like a that's like one of the first times I heard about people talking about club bangers or tear the club of like that type of lingo. Like people still like, use it in their songs. Exactly. And like, you know, that lifestyle was like put towards more rock and roll. Like, yeah, break fuck shit up, fuck shit up. That was in black culture, like. Three six really brought they're the real like original rap rock stars. And I, so yeah. that's why I feel like tear the club up sig- like symbolizes that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm saving the hardest one for last. Yeah, of course. Um, all right. This is gonna be a, a local one. What about uh Washington, DC? <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> Which Wale song is it? Or is it five o'clock in the morning? Where are you going to be? Outside on the corner. Respect the nonchalant. I think it might be Fat Trail. Respect with the tech. No, it's the other one with Chief Keef. Um, or Awesome. Yeah, Awesome is cool, but that goes into like success, though. I I'll say like it's a joint with the tech made people want to become gangster rappers in D.C. Well, I don't know. I would have to say Trapping Like a Fool. I mean, that was a jam, but I don't know. I feel like I don't know, you know, I'm not as hip to what was going on in the city at the time. Actually, it's Nike boots, man, or Dig Dug, honestly. It has to be Wale, bro. It has to be Dig Dug or Nike boots. The most important? Dog, Dig Dug was big. That was the one. It was that's... big, but. Well, I get what you're saying, though, because nobody else is doing nothing like Wale. <laughs> and Trail spawned like For a real, whole... it's probably like a big flock song or something. The one, whatever song made everybody want to rap those minor chord piano beats. Yeah. Whatever true. the first one that gave people the template of how to make a DMV rap song. And I guess it's Big Flap and whatever he did with Chicho. All right. And obviously, Virginia's grinding. That's easy. Yeah. Um, I can't do one for Detroit. Yeah. Cause we're not from there. It's probably some. Uh, real late Icewood, Cheddar Boys, or what's the other crew? Forgot what the other crew's called. And then, um, I wanted to is if if we had to do one for uh Baton Rouge, would it be quite me down easily? It wouldn't be like um, one of the earlier boosty ones, like set it off or like or or like that, bounce that ass like that. That joint, gas tank on E, but all drinks on me. Come on, brother. Yeah, it's easily wipe me down. All right, and then the last. The last one's the hardest. I think it's impossible. Yeah. New York, New York. Yeah, so many different directions. It's hard. If you want to say what song made, I guess you could, like, it could be Rapper's Delight, nigga, because they invented rap. <laughs> it could be Rapper's Delight. It could be The Message. Yeah. It could, it could be, be a, it could be uh, Run DMC, Sucker MCs. It could be a Rock Him song. Yeah, it could be uh what's the one his first one? I think it might have been check the melody, because you know that 
created flow. It changed the way people rap. Uh, so many. Um, it's not New York. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that song is spooky. It's not the Annie song that y'all fucking love so much, all you hip-hop ass niggas? I don't think, I think that was just the whites. I mean, it's Jay-Z's highest selling album over 5 million. So, you know, if it did that well, the whites were eating it up. But yeah, the most important New York rap song. Chicken Noodle Soup. Oh man, shout out DJ Webstar. It was, I think Hot Nigga, if they had like a top 10 list, it can go on there. Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess it. It has to be Rapper's Delight, the first rap song. Oh, yeah, we got to make a correction for Philly. It might be the intro by Meek. Hey, man. It's a, it's a very successful song. I don't think it's the most important. That's one of the best intros ever. Yeah. Ever. The three people that have tried to emulate it is T Grizzly, which was successful, and JT, when she came out of jail, she tried to use that format. It didn't work as well. Hey, man, that's because Meek did some magic when he did that. He did, but that's not the most important rap song in Philadelphia. It's the most successful song recently with EXO Tour Life. I don't even know if that drum was on the charts that crazy. It's just like when you play it in person, it does stuff to people. Yeah, it's like it's the Northeast version of March Madness. It wasn't successful on the charts. It was more successful at the functions in a black community Hmm. yeah it's like that like march madness wasn't no top 10 on billboard that was one of the first times i think kanye was showing love the future when he was like going on you know the fun twitter rants he used to go on back in the days let's not call them rants let's just call them streams of consciousness and he was like yeah see the grammys don't know culture why in future ain't got nominated for March Madness? And I was like, dang, even Kanye knows that song <laughs> is big. But yeah, there, there's some songs like that that it translates the charts. It's like, you know, what made Versus fun originally. It's like, yeah, we have commercial hits that are known, but then you have the quote unquote cultural hits that are popping the community. All right, now this is really seriously the last one. If we could do one for the Bay Area. Freaky Tales. True. It wouldn't be like... Um, it can't be... Uh, it has to be a two-short song. He's the first. And it's funny how it changes. Like, for some cities, the first one that popped it off is what it is. And then for cities like Houston, still tipping, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, They're because... Like, now, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's just it's interesting how it changes for certain cities. And it's obviously based on their history like after the songs and stuff yeah but in the case of houston it's like mind playing tricks on me that song you wouldn't think about that as i know exactly where they're from by hearing this song because you know this is predates houston having a signature sound what about 25 lighters it didn't get big enough or want to be a ball want to be a baller yes those are smashes but it's still tipping dog one of the ballers that beat yeah but that beat still yeah, that tipping. Beat. it showed like that was when houston they're like all right we got a signature sound like 25 lighters want to be a baller they're jiggy but it's like you don't hear the like even listen to the beat is still tipping it sounds chopped and screwed like just that swag and then even having 
the sample from a from a screw tape like that was like all right this is houston finally doubling down like we have a signature sound and we about to show you how we rap for real now because ghetto boys that's a different era they were you know more influenced by outside influences but like by still tipping these are rappers from texas from houston that you can tell they grew up listening to houston rap only not only but that was their main focus yeah like there wasn't like scarface favorite rapper is ice cube right tell a little bit but like by the time you hear paul wall mike jones slim thug you can tell oh yeah they they grew up listening to screw tapes and little kiki yeah they listened to that yeah like you can tell like this is a real houston rap song yeah that makes that makes dope sense like they're babies of the original houston sound rappers and all them because yeah because all swisher house was basically was a north version a north houston version of screwed up click Mm-hmm. That's what Michael Watts was trying to do. Like, hey, the North Side, we don't have none of that. So let's make one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was fun. Well, that's all the rap cities we got. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, Seattle, uh, baby got back. You know that. Y'all can have that one. And uh, well, y'all can have the Kentucky is probably the nappy roots. Maybe Jack Harlow. Yeah, man. Damn, Jack Harlow passed the nappy roots. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if that is Jack Harlow cultural impact, the most important rap song. I don't think so. More successful. And then for Canada, obviously it's chaos. Superstar. Disrespect. <laughs> oh, what's that one song he had? Doom, 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 yeah, that superstar. Yeah, they superstar. They used to play that video a lot. I remember seeing that video. Oh yeah, but I was in Canada. Yeah, I remember that shit too. I was yes. like, well, like 2001, 2002, right? Yeah, it's either Chaos or Cardinal Official. Nah, you know it's Drake. Whatever, <laughs> it's probably Drake successful because that what that's what opened the door to the whole country. Nah, it's the one with Bum B. Uptown? Yeah. The one that's up a Houston. Houston. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. All right, enough with the cities. It's enough. Hey, man, speaking of who had enough, our boy, LeBron Raymond James Sr., he did it, man. He's a billionaire. <laughs> active, active NBA player, Billy. Only person to ever do that. Michael Jordan had to retire almost a decade before he became a billionaire. LeBron's doing it right now. There was a time when LeBron was on 60 Minutes and... He said he wanted to be a billionaire. That was his focus. And a lot of people, including me at the time, were saying, that's whack, LeBron. Don't you want to be the greatest basketball player ever? Why is money the first thing on your mind? Hey, he did it. He's, you can debate that he is the greatest basketball player of all time, and he's a multi-billionaire. So that's beautiful, bro. If you were a billionaire, first, what would you, how would you feel about how do you feel about LeBron, you know, becoming a billionaire? Are you, does that inspire you? It's like, cause we basically did see his whole come up. Um, yeah, it's pretty inspiring. Even though I'm not six, eight, 260 pounds and can run a four, four. Mm. Um, yeah, it's definitely inspiring. I'm actually, besides his NBA contracts, where is his billions coming from? Cause it's not like he has shoes like Jordan. 
It's not like he has an apparel brand like Jordan. And um, I, I mean, I guess would it be like his sports agency, his movie stuff? Obviously, his, all of his endorsements, maybe. I don't know if he's with Gatorade. I know he got hella endorsements, but yeah, like, because then they say Kobe reached a Billy too before he passed. Uh, somebody put that in the article I saw. I guess I'm yeah, saying. no, it was dodgy because I actually read the Forbes article and Kobe's, you know, Kobe's name was not there. Mm. So, and, um, I, and another question so Tiger Woods never did that either? Yeah, but they were talking about basketball. Oh, so Tiger Woods is a billionaire or has become a billionaire? Yeah, I believe so. And Floyd Mayweather never did it either, though, right? No, no. He spends too much. <laughs> I don't know what he does with his money, man. He's cooking something. But yeah, no, that's dope that it's tight to see that Jordan, you know, kind of laid down the footprints and then like the next Jordan got to do it faster. And so it means yeah, he's going to be richer than Michael Jordan soon because he spreads his money out more. So you wanted a breakdown. This is the estimated breakdown by Forbes. They said his, you know, Production company Spring Hill Company is worth three hundred million. Um, his investment in Fenway Sports Group that owns the Boston Red Sox, Liverpool, few other entities that's ninety million in that, eighty million in real estate, thirty million from Blaze Pizza, because you know at a time he was getting like deals from like mcdonald's to do different things but he realized hey instead of just doing endorsement deals i should invest in companies that will also give me stock options so he hit a few licks including blaze media and they said he has more than 500 million in cash and and other investments damn so that's how they feel like he has a billion hmm it's interesting. I mean, I know we'll never see an NFL player do that. Um, I mean, they could if they invest correctly, you know. But it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if there's been any baseball players. Nah. It goes to show, like, even though baseball players get bigger contracts, LeBron's stardom is what really did it. Yeah, exactly, because it doesn't matter how much money you make from your league if no one – knows you enough outside of your league you feel me like mark uh mike trout see i don't even know his real first name some people say he's like one of the 30 greatest baseball players of all time he's active right now but we don't see him in any commercials or advertisements because he's not a box office name to america but lebron you can see him in commercials around the world the same as messi Cristiano Ronaldo is only like a handful of athletes. And then even people like Serena. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, she's a black woman there. And I don't know how they disrespect our sisters. Like she should have way more commercials. I see she like does a couple of things now. And she even has a, her daughter in one commercial. That's pretty cool. But she doesn't get as much as she should. And LeBron Maybe caught it's just because base uh tennis isn't as big. LeBron caught up to all the old niggas, Jordan, Jay-Z, Oprah. <laughs> Why is Oprah an old nigga? Don't you want to treat Miss Winfrey with more respect? No, that's no disrespect to her. She's just, you know, she's one of our elders. I mean that in the most respectful way. Have no and so old, old niggas a compliment now. 
Yeah, it's good to be old and wealthy like them. Especially when you came from the bottom like Oprah did. When she catches you in traffic, she's going to tell you, don't call me an old nigga ever again in your life. And I'll say yes, ma'am. That's but um, she definitely came from the bottom, too. Yeah. She didn't have like, no, she wasn't, she didn't grow up rich, nothing like that. And she's a black woman. So it's crazy that she was able to do that. If you had a billion dollars, what would you do with it? Um, hmm. Travel the world, invest. I'm not even going to act like I'm about to change the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to act like that. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. I just, if I had a, a billion, well, let's say if you had $10 billion, let's give you more leeway. If I had $10 billion, I might use half of it to buy Arsenal. And then the other half, you know, just try to improve as much as I can the continent of Africa, you know, without the colonizers bothering me. Oh, yeah, they're going to bother you, nigga. They're going to might try to kill you. People are going to die. Yeah, you're right. Well, if I have more than $5 billion to play with, maybe I can build an army with that. No, nah, that's not enough. No, nah, because an army is going to try to, like, overthrow each other. And oh, man. Niggas is going to be stepping on people's toes, and it's just, I don't know, man. It's going to be a mess, I think. All right, so I'll just buy Arsenal and look straight. I'm not trying to save my continent no more. I mean, you can. It's just, you know, it's just a lot of people got their hands in, the, in that game. And <laughs> you're going to piss somebody. I think Akon had to get low a few times. Akon, well, he is working with the Asians. Maybe he had to. He had to do a few things. <laughs> Niggas get mad about that. Like, what? You doing this? You helping these people out is stopping my money from this because with them not having lights, they have to come to me for this and you know, you're gonna be pissing a lot of like scary motherfuckers off. A lot of scary people got their hands in Africa. You brought up Akon. Maybe we can talk about this next week about our favorite lies from that we've heard from rappers and musicians recently. Think that'll be good. How do you and feel it, about that? Akon has some lies. What he said he was in jail for three years for robbing a Benz. It was only five months. That's what locked up is about. He was lying. Mm. He was acting like he was a super, super finesser, but he got arrested for the Benz. He did five months. He acted like he was in jail for over three years. Rick Ross, you know. Oh, yeah, the, Rick Ross. The, is the good. CEO, but the CEO situation was hilarious because, you know, the rumors were starting about the CEO talk, and he said, well, if it was true, how come there's no date or time and no footage of me? And literally the next week, the picture came out. Getting a certificate, smiling. <laughs> he had a fade. Was he happy? Uh, yeah, he said he did it because his OG wanted him out the streets, but he couldn't. Yeah, I bet. Why did you tell us from the beginning, though? Because you know how stupid rap was at that time. Now we're allowed no, but, to know. But that's the difference, see? Because he was representing the hood image. If he was a suburban rapper, nobody would have bothered him. See, it comes back full circle. Yeah. You can't tell us you know the real Noriega and he was a CL smiling, brother. Yeah, that was crazy. He said he knew the real Noriega. It's another lie. <laughs> he he said he owes him a hundred favors. Is Noriega alive? Manuel Noriega? The real Noriega. Uh let's see. I'm sure he passed away in the 80s or something. Manuel Noriega. He passed away. Oh, 2017. So oh, maybe, so he might have he he knew the He might have seen him in traffic. Oh, he's Panamanian. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah, well, Birdman, we definitely have to talk about him. He lied a lot. Yeah, he talked about an oil rig. He talked about he said he had a, dolphins. He said he had a platinum football field. And he also said in that line that he was going to make all his baby boos get uh, platinum eyelashes, I think, or something like that. Like, he just, he did a lot. Like, I almost believed him when I was a kid when he said he had a platinum football field. I was, nah, but I don't think that's a lie. I think that's just, he's just... You know, big timing, man. That's not lying. I was thinking maybe the paint on the field is like platinum paint or something. <laughs> I'd wanted it to be real, honestly. Oh, man. But, hey, Chopper Soup Convos, this is our shortest episode, but I know y'all will still enjoy it. We went on a little rap history tour. Thanks to Jamal for bringing up that topic. Next week, though. We're going to bring up more of these lies because it started because of Jim Jones saying he invented Kid Cudi. And we definitely going to have to get into Soldier Boy because he lied to us. A lot. Oh, man. You ain't lying. But all right, Jamal, man. I'm going to holler at you, brother. Stay blessed. Hallelujah. Holler back, player. We out. Yeet.